Well, bombs that police say brothers tried to plant in a passenger jet leaving Sydney were allegedly set to explode 20 minutes after takeoff as the packed plane passed west of the Blue Mountains. The Daily Telegraph has revealed today on our front page that one of three brothers accused of trying to plant bombs on that Etihad's Airways flight last year allegedly confessed to Lebanese police but has since retracted his confession and says he is innocent. In the now retracted confession, Amer Kayat, who is in jail in Lebanon, allegedly told police the devices hidden in a meat mincer and a Barbie doll were fitted with self-timers designed to detonate just 20 minutes after takeoff. Now, Ellen Winnett is our correspondent who has been in Beirut and covered this story in incredible detail, and she's now on the line from London. Good morning, Ellen, or good afternoon here. Yeah, morning, afternoon, Miranda. How are you? Very well, and thank you for joining us. I know you've been on the road full, full, full on for the last four weeks, and you've just come up with the most incredible stories from the wilds of Beirut. Just take us back to the beginning of your journey, where you started. Well, this story started for me a couple of weeks ago when I attended court in Beirut for Ahmed Khayet's uh, appearance. It's a military tribunal where he he told the judge he was very tearful and upset and he said, look, I didn't do this. So I worked on it for a couple more weeks to try and get access to to Ahmed in the central prison in Beirut, which we've managed to do. Uh, We also obtained a confession that police say Ahmed Kayet made. Now, I need to say he has since retracted that confession, um, but but in this confession, police say he made uh, details were provided of how this um, alleged plot was to go down, and that included um, that the the devices that are alleged to be on that plane were indeed timed to go off twenty minutes after takeoff. It's quite terrifying, isn't it? Now they um, those devices were actually picked up by security as they were being taken uh, allegedly through um, customs, weren't they? Yeah, but um, something happened at the Etihad check-in desk where the, where uh, items, I believe to be a meat mincer and a Barbie doll, were weighed and found to be too heavy and turned away. Now, these are the, the two items that police say were the explosive devices. Right. Now, you've also um, been actually inside the home of um, the accused Amakayat's nephew, Khaled Turk, who has served time in prison for terrorism. Uh, offences. Um, tell us about that. Yeah, we met uh, Khaled Turk, who's the 26-year-old nephew of Ahmed Khayet. Uh, we met him at a location up near the Syrian border uh, where uh, I was aware that he'd just got out of jail. We'd reached out to him while he was still in the jail a week or so earlier. I was aware that he was coming out. He agreed to meet us and to talk to us about his family. He says that they are innocent. He doesn't believe that Ahmed Khayet is an extremist. Now, Khaled Turk uh, told me he is a member of Islamic State. He told me that he, he fought in Syria under the flag of Islamic State, uh, although he says he's not a terrorist. How does that work? I mean, really? I mean, how can he say he's not a terrorist if he was fighting for ISIS? Uh, well, <laughs> he says that he was fighting to avenge the deaths of women and children who had been killed by the uh, Syrian regime, which, um, you know, Islamic State was certainly able to capitalise on that conflict in Syria. And uh, they were able to form out of that because there was very much anger and hatred towards the uh, Assad regime because of the brutal tactics they used to uh, put down protests there when that war started uh, seven years ago. So tell us, what was he like in person? 
Uh, he was very calm. Uh, it was quite a surreal experience, actually. We mm. interviewed him quite late at night because it's uh, Ramadan this month and we needed to talk to people after uh, they'd broken their fast at night. So uh, we made an arrangement to meet him at a third-party uh, location to him he was very calm he was very polite and he he answered um, all the questions we had for him and what was the home like uh, well it wasn't his home but so this was a, the home of a, a third party we also visited uh, the city of Tripoli where we interviewed the brother of uh, Anna Fayed this is a fellow called Walid and, and his wife um, now they're not charged or accused of anything um, so we went to see them they have a modest home in Tripoli and they talked about uh, what happened when Amir was arrested when he came to visit them in Lebanon in uh, July and August last year. So just I'm a little confused about who all the people are. So Amir <laughs> is the one who was originally charged. Was he supposed to be on the plane? Yeah, that's right. So the, it's, it's a complicated um, family tree, really. There are nine Kayat brothers and three Kayat sisters. And do um, they all live in Australia or in Lebanon? No, some are in Australia and some are in Lebanon. Uh, they, uh, the mother of that, the matriarch of that family is from the Merai family and uh, two of the brothers married women from the Merai family as well. So these two families are very close. And uh, so, so of the nine brothers, one is Ahmed Khayet, who is charged in Beirut. One is Tarek Khayet, who is either missing or potentially killed in Iraq. And uh, two members of the family are also facing charges in relation to this in Australia. Now, Amir Kayet is the person that police say was to be the uh, alleged suicide bomber. He was the one who got on the plane, and indeed he did get on the plane and come over to Lebanon. Um, but, of course, he and others involved in this all deny that there was an explosive device. And the alleged uh, explosive device, of course, that meat grinder, um, that was confiscated, was it, in Sydney? Uh it never made it onto the plane, and, and uh, I just have to be careful what we say okay. about that. There's a version of events that has been given as to what happened then. All we've heard, of course, from the Australian police is that they tell us there were high-grade military explosives used in these devices. We don't have any more information from the police about that yet. Uh, people that have faced charges over this in Australia have pleaded not guilty, and that matter will go to trial next year, where I'd expect we'd hear a lot more about this. And we'd also hear what evidence the police have about these alleged explosive devices. So some of these uh, nine brothers um, of the Kayat family live in Sydney. That's right, yes. Right. Several of them do. Right. Mm. And how long have they been living here? I'm not entirely sure, but it seems members of the family started to migrate there in about the year 2000. Uh-huh. Okay. And do you think they were, were they refugees or were they family reunion or how did they come here? I, I really don't know, Miranda. No. Okay. Sorry to, sorry to I'd quiz sorry. You. you. So you've done an, an amazing job, Ellen Wynnette, travelling all over Lebanon. What is it like in that country at the moment? Is it, does it feel um, tense because of, you know, the millions of refugees that have flowed over the border from the Syrian war? No, look, Beirut is, you know, quite a cosmopolitan city. It's, it's a terrific city, So, the, as you would expect in the capital. They've just had elections there in the last month and things are quite, politically quite settled. Um, certainly in some of the areas up near the Syrian border, it's a different situation. Uh, the city of Tripoli is, is a very restive city and quite a weird vibe, I have to say, in Tripoli. Um, and certainly huh. the closer you get... <laughs> um, 
it, there are there are sectarian divides there. There are um, there are not many women on the streets there. Um, although I certainly saw lots of children out with their dads, um, and I I think that it's it, it's a small country. It's completely surrounded, really, by Syria, and and it does have a, a massive issue with the Syrian refugees that are living there. It's quite financially difficult for them, um, and. There are concerns that many of these refugees are never going to go home for various reasons in uh, in Syria, that it's never going to be safe enough for them to go home. Mm-hmm. A lot of the Christian refugees, of course, have, have moved there to try and take... Um take uh, some sort of haven, safe haven in Lebanon, which has done an amazing job absorbing all those refugees. But you just wonder um, from afar how much um, sort of civil unrest that prompts. Well, I think 25% of the population in Lebanon currently... Uh, are refugees now? Can you imagine that figure transplanted into Australia and the impact that would have on on the um, requirement of the government to provide services, the cultural impact? It's it's really quite a big thing, and Lebanon is doing a terrific job actually. Mm. Well, this story was incredibly frightening, and uh, we were very lucky uh, that um, that the bomb didn't that a bomb did not go off. Um, and uh, and I guess we need to just leave the police and the courts to do their magic. But thank you very much, Ellen Winnett, for enlightening us somewhat on the Lebanese connection. Not at all. Thanks, Miranda. And we'll be back after the break with the latest from our sports desk on the State of Origin. Of course, that was Ellen Wynette talking to us from London. She's our correspondent there. And uh, she's spent the last couple of weeks in, as you just heard, in Lebanon, travelling around trying to find out and interviewing some of the participants uh, allegedly in this plane plot, this plot to blow up an Etihad jet leaving Sydney. We, it was a very lucky call for all of us. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winder? <laughs> Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly Virgin anymore. Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from. 